Arch Madness. It begins here. It's the 2022 State Farm NBC Men's Basketball Tournament, March 3rd to March 6th, presented by Bally Sports Midwest. Visit archmadness.com for ticket information. Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to episode 30 of the March the Arch podcast in this 2021-2022 Missouri Valley regular season. On today's episode, we are putting a bow on the regular season. We're going to talk the games from this past championship Saturday um, where the Northern Iowa Panthers were crowned the Missouri Valley Conference regular season champions. But before we get into that, how are we doing today, Baker? What a season, Vance. Um I am I'm good because that's a lot of games that you and I have watched. And as much as we love the Valley, sometimes a little taxing. But you know what? For it all to culminate on Saturday, which we'll get into soon here, um, crowned a champion in an awesome game. Uh, couldn't ask for any more than that. You couldn't ask for a better game, and we'll get into it. But it just made the lead-up week to Arch Madness so much more important because there's so much buzz, I would say, around Missouri Valley Conference circles in anticipation of Arch Madness because we might get into it or we might not. It, I mean, Sunday at 2 p.m. means a lot to – or sorry, 1 p.m. Uh, means a lot for the representative of the Missouri Valley Conference in March Madness, the NCAA tournament. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, let's, uh, let's not waste any time. Let's get into these games. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, first off, uh, yeah, first off, congrats to Northern Iowa. Um, they are the Missouri Valley Conference regular season champions. They have a season record of 18 and 10, and they were 14 and 4 in Missouri Valley Conference standings. Uh, right behind them at 13 and 5 were the trio of Missouri State, Drake, and Loyola. But how did we get there? Let's start off with those games. And Baker, you pick. Do you want to start with the championship game, or do you want to start? No, with let's the let's let's finish with the main event. Let's start with you know what. Let's start with my guys. Let's start with Illinois State. All right, let's start off with uh, the battle for the eight nine seed and what um, jerseys each team was going to respectively <laughs> wear. Uh, and the Redbirds prevailed, winning eighty six to sixty six over the Indiana State Sycamores. You know, it was kind of an off day for both uh, Cooper Nice and Cam Henry. I believe they combined for eight points total. Um, Antonio Reeves was 10 of 16 in that game, um, ended the game with 28 points and six rebounds in a 20-point stomping uh, over the Sycamores. Baker, what's your thoughts on your boys? Yeah, you know what? The first thing that I want to say, obviously Reeves 28. That's awesome. I I mean, it was a great game. Um, But to me, Howard Flint. 20-point game. Uh, it, it kind of felt like that breakout game for him. He was very aggressive and 8-for-10 um, from the field, a very good day for him. Um, you know, this is the first time all year that he cracked 20 points. So, um, a young guy like him, I, I, this is a nice confidence booster going into the postseason. Redbird. I, I told you on the, la- on the last few podcasts that, you know, I wasn't really going to get too, too hard, high or low on Illinois State basketball the rest of the way because the situation we're in. Um, but I did say we'd get one. 
and and we did get one on Saturday. So, um, but you know, here's the thing: it doesn't mean anything if you just if you go and lose on Thursday night. So, um, I mean, this means that you're the eight seed going, you're the home team going into Arch Madness. Uh, other than that, I guess momentum booster. But uh, I, I don't expect the guys, as you were talking about earlier, for Indiana State to come in and play play as poorly in St. Louis. So it's definitely going to be a different game when uh, when we get to postseason play. All right, let's move on to the next game where the Missouri State Bears beat the Evansville Purple Aces 88-79. to um, Game was a little uh, too close for comfort um, in the second half with eight minutes. 21 seconds to go. Evans lead um, off of a Blaze Bochamp three-pointer, and they took a 57-56 lead. But um, Bears came back very quickly, and Prim ended the game with 28 points. Isaiah Mosley had 20. Jamonte Black had 15. On the Evansville side in their senior day, um, uh, Givens had uh, 20 points. Uh, Blaze Bochamp had 18 Frederick King had 17, and Sicily, who has come on strong late in the year, had 14 points. Yeah, Sicily's been awesome. You remember when we talked about this game uh, earlier this past week when I said uh, this game will be closer than people think because Evansville is great after they get pounded in the ground. Yes. They always come back and play the next game really tight. Um, that's where they got their last couple wins. And, and and no no change here. Evansville played really hard. I, I love that you brought up Sicily. He has been awesome lately. He's, I think he's definitely cemented himself as an all-freshman team player. Uh, I hope that when those awards come out, he's definitely recognized for that. But, um, you know, Missouri State took care of business. Um, this was a prim day. Uh, Mosley scored 20 points, and he was kind of an afterthought. Uh, Gage Prim's 28. Um, to me, this was just a Missouri State took care of business. Um, a little closer than I would have liked it to be, but for them, just get the win. And get you, put yourself in a position to uh, get that two. I'm with you. Let's move on to Valparaiso heading to the Peoria Civic Center, where the Bradley Braves took care of business at home, 79 to 55. There was not much to this game. Baker, uh, the Braves went into halftime with a 34 to 13 lead. Um, in the second half, they just maintained their distance and ultimately winning 79 to 55. Uh, for Bradley, uh, leading the way was Rink Mass with 22. Off the bench, uh, Hickman had 15. Uh, Ari Boya had 13 on the Valparaiso Beacon side. Uh, Kobe King had 16, and Taylor had 16 as well. Um, Kithier did not play in this game. He did warm up, but just ultimately decided not to go. Um, really cool moment at the very and um, Jay Sean Henry got in um, at the last of the game uh, for his senior night. Um, basically, Valparaiso and Coach Matt Lodick made that happen, um, getting him in and then immediately fouled so they can get him off the court uh, because he's technically still in concussion protocol. Very cool moment uh, for that brave and Jay Sean Henry uh, that he will not forget uh, moving forward. Just class act from Valparaiso. Yeah, no, that's the story of the game. I mean, this game... Uh, it didn't matter. Let, let's be honest. The standings in the Arch Madness was set by the time this game tipped off. But um, I think the story of the game was Jay Sean Henry. Um, great to see him again out on the floor. It stinks that he's still in concussion protocol. Um, but you, like you said, classy move by Matt Lott. 
um, you know, let the Bradley fans, you know, give him that standing ovation he rightfully deserves because um, he's definitely putting the time at Bradley. And as an, um, Jay Sean Henry is one of my favorite Valley players in years. And, and I, I know that sounds weird because he's a Bradley player, but I, I have no, no qualms about that. I, I think I don't know a Valley fan that hates Jay Sean Henry. I think everyone loves him. Like he's a, he's one of the hardest working players. I mean, his athleticism, he could jump out of a gym and um, you know, he's had hard times with the, the concussions lately, but uh, it was nice to see him get his moment because I think that, you know, not a dry eye in the place is kind of the, the statement that you hear with this one, but Vance, any other thoughts on that? Or just, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, good, great moment there, and I'm very just curious what uh, Peoria Civic Center was with some of our friends um, as word was starting to spread that they were going to have Loyola um, in the first uh, game <laughs> of Arch Madness. I'm sure uh, there were some very uh, happy happy Bradley Braves fans, but let's move on to uh, the fourth game. Um, a close game that after the first half I didn't think was going to be close. Um, Southern <laughs> Illinois went on the road. Um, and lost to the Drake Bulldogs, uh, 62-60. Um, you've heard me say it multiple times. Uh, the Saluki spotted the Bulldogs 17 points in this game and were down 17 points in the first half, uh, but it was three-point shooting in the second half for the Salukis where they hit um, seven of nine three-pointers in the second half to get back in this game, um, but it ultimately wasn't enough uh, dropping by two points, they had a chance to either tie or win it at the last second, and just the shot from Marcus Damask um, just uh, didn't get to the rim um, for that one. But love the fight for the Salukis. We have a combined um, losing margin to the Drake Bulldogs this year of three, um, so that's a two-point loss on Saturday and then a one-point loss at home. So it's going to make Arch Madness very interesting because they're going to turn around and play each other in the 3-6 game. I didn't love the last possession. Um, I really wanted them to drive that ball instead of uh, get it to Damascus because I think that's happened earlier in the season with you. I can't remember who you were against, but I feel like that same scenario happened earlier in the season where um, it was kind of like let Damascus go one-on-one. I wish you would took it to who, but nevertheless, um, a game that didn't even really matter for Southern Illinois at the end of the day because you knew you were going to that sixth spot. And um, I, I think – you know, you talk about um, it was awesome. It was awesome comeback by you guys, by the way. I think it was um, it showed that you guys had a lot of fight in you to be able to, you know, weather the storm. Um, but one thing I want to say about about the Southern Illinois game, um, and I don't know have it in front of me. I think it's I want to say it's seven out of nine that you guys have won uh, go, coming after or coming out of this game uh, to finish the season. Um, I don't think he's going to be really considered because you guys finished in the middle of the pack, but. Um, I do think it's worth noting the really incredible job. I think Brian, um, he, he made me more of a believer um, as the season went on because it would have been real easy for when you guys, when you guys went in that game at Illinois state where you guys were, I think it was two and seven, something like that, two and six. Um, it would have been a really and just roll out the rest of the season. Uh, and he didn't do that. And you guys avoided Thursday and, you know, put yourself in a position where, Hey, you, you're going to be a really competitive out in St. Louis. So, um, I just want to mention that because I think um, I was personally hard on at Brian Mullins at times this year, and, and I know you were kind of disappointed at times with him. So um, I just think that that's worth noting because I don't think he'll get a lot of love in the voting because he didn't finish yeah. in the top four, but um, I think he did an incredible job, especially considering where you were a month ago. Yeah, um, good point. I, I think there's no consideration 
scouting just because he underperformed. Oh, no. Or sorry, the Suki's underperformed their even preseason um, pick. So um, yeah, understood uh, the. Uh, appreciate the confidence, Baker. I should say, um, and and I love this team. I love the way we're trending going into Arch Madness. Yeah, we we had a two point loss, but I can't wait for eight thirty um, at Arch Madness. Um, yeah, I, I I love the matchup. I love where we're at. Um, I'm ecstatic for it. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, and I couldn't agree more. But right when you said this, this is honestly the first time this has crossed my mind. Is we kind of ran the normal last second shot play that I would say we've we've ran a couple times where we give it to uh, Damascus in the short corner or on the, the wing, you know, what that I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I, I, until you said it that you were disappointed in it, I got to thinking. I was like, in no way would we want to burn one of those special plays we have drawn up right now. Like, why would we give any type of indication of what That's we great have in our – in our toolbox for Arch Madness. And, sure. and don't get me wrong, I don't think we would ever um, cannibalize a chance at a, at a victory. But, you know, when you're digging into the special plays, I don't think you're digging too deep. Um, it, pocket. Keep it in the back pocket for uh, like potentially um, you might need it later down the road. Once again, not making excuses, but I, it just crossed my mind when you mentioned that. I was like, actually, I'm kind of glad he didn't give up anything in case <laughs> we need it. No, that's right. That's a, first off, that's an awesome point. I'm glad you called that out because I didn't even think of it that way. But you're totally right. Um, if if I had a certain play, I'm probably not using it in the final game. That doesn't matter. Um, it's not gonna be the first time I show this play this year. I think I had. I think I just had like flashbacks, and these are not good flashbacks. To I care about this, but me, but Nick's basketball from about a, seven eight years ago, where end of the game, Carmelo Anthony on the block. And that's, that's what we're going to every single time. And I think I just have, I don't know why I think I just have flashbacks of that. And that's why I get like a little triggered by it. But DJ Wilkins did get injured in this game. Uh, we don't know his status for arch madness. Um, I know he was on crutches and um, had some ice uh, toward the end of that game as when he was uh, seen by people in the, in the stands. I, I don't know if you, have you heard anything else on DJ? I have not, and I've, okay. I, if I had to guess, that's going to be get played really close to the chest. Um, or actually, there's a media call on Monday, so um, yeah. I'm sure it'll get asked, but I, I still think the answer will be held very close to the chest. Yep, no, but I definitely want to mention that because, uh, you know, hard from a Drake perspective, really good victory. Um, they continue to roll uh, after they had that three-game losing streak, haven't lost since, um, as they roll into uh, Arch Madness with a ton of momentum. So um, that – Ooh, that's going to be a tasty matchup at uh, yeah. 8.30. Uh, it's going to be so late. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the old man's coming out. I was like, I need my sleep. Anyway, um, let's uh, go into the main event, the winner take all for the regular season conference championship in a sold-out McLeod Center. Northern Iowa Panthers cut down the nets in overtime, beating the Loyola Ramblers 102-96. to um, After 20 minutes of play, it was tied 46 to 46 after 40 minutes of play. It was tied 87, 87 and in overtime, the Northern Iowa Panthers outscored them 15 to nine in that overtime period. It was kind of a game of runs uh, early on. Northern Iowa came out um, on a 16, eight run and kind of broke away early. Uh, but if Schwieger didn't show up in the first half, he had 15 first half points. Um, and, you know, we saw um, what Loyola can do in a quick time. Uh, Norris Hall and uh, Knight combined uh, to go off on a, I believe they were down 40 to 24 at the time. 
and they just went on a on ten zero run to get it back into to get back into the game. Really, um, in the second half, uh, um, Loyola took a short lead um, after a nine two run. Um, with the Ramblers leaning by nine, Northern Iowa got back in the game from free throws and a field goal from AJ Green with just under thirty seconds uh, tied it up. Um, in overtime, it was really kind of this combination of a three-pointer from A.J. Green and a jumper from uh, Bowen Bourne, um, along with um, Hoyola didn't go uh, with a field goal for the f- until the last 40 seconds of the of the overtime period um, after the after um, sorry Northern Iowa went on that kind of five-point run. Um, I mean, it was it was free throws free throws for Northern Iowa um, in this game um, in the box score before I turn it over here to, to you, Baker, AJ Green had 32, uh, Noah Carter had 24, 19 of them were in the first half. Bowen Bourne had 20 on the Loyola side. Williamson had 29 and Schweiger had 17. Yeah, this is, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, first off, I have to eat some crow here because I gave up on Northern Iowa a long time ago and uh, I was hundred percent wrong. And they came out, proved me wrong, won the conference. So um, hats off to Ben Jacobson. I think that he wins coach of the year based on um, winning this title. I don't think there's any argument there. I just want to first get that going Um, because I know that there's probably going to be people out there saying, you gave up on us. Well, I did, and I own it. So um, there you go. The other piece to it, a lot of fouls in this game, Vance. And I I think that's the first place I want to go just to kind of get your thoughts on as someone who – you know, as official yourself, um, to me, it didn't feel – obviously, there were a lot of fouls called in this game and a lot more on Loyola. Um, and, I mean, listen, anytime Loyola loses a basketball game, their fan base loses their mind on Twitter, which is ridiculous. They need to stop because not every because not every time you lose, it's because the official screwed you. Um, that's just my two cents. You don't have to comment. But um, I don't think they got screwed in this game. I think it was more of a – they were calling the game very tight and loyal didn't adjust. And Mm -hmm. that was my perspective. And a tight game is not going to, it's not going to play into a Loyola game. Is that a fair statement or you think I'm off base with that? I think it's fair. Uh, I'm I'm with you on it. Uh, Just the sentiment around the officiating. Um, It was 32 to 18 fouls um, for Loyola and against, um, you know, another stat like rebounding, which some somewhat can attribute to the, to those fouls getting called. Uh, Loyola out rebounded Northern Iowa 36 to 28 um, in this game. I mean, the glaring stat here, unfortunately, though, uh, Baker in the camp that's going to go against you and come with you with pitchforks is uh, Northern Iowa shot 42 free throws uh, to Loyola's 20 free throws. Uh, so du- more than doubled them up in, in the free throw count. Um, somewhat of it is style of play, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to look at three pointers here, uh, too. Loyola shot 32 three pointers versus Northern Iowa's 18 three pointers. So, I mean, just naturally, you know, one team goes to the to the goal, um, which more likely than not is going to draw fouls. Um, one team shoots more threes or perimeter shots. Um, so, I think that's something you got to look at. Hey, I get it. I'm not going to sit here and say Loyola has a, a gripe here or, or they they should feel that they got screwed out of this game. They didn't. Um, Northern Iowa won. Uh, but was there inconsistencies? Yeah, but you've got to adjust. Yeah. I mean, you have to adjust um, in this. And it, it, it's just – it's part of the game. Like, I just I, – I, 
I, it would frustrate me if we we're getting that many fouls called on us. But at the same time, like while the game was going on, I have a hard time finding more than maybe one or two that I that weren't fouls. Mm-hmm. Like that was the thing. Like I was watching it. Like when they called fouls on Loyal, it was like, okay, yeah, you can call that foul. Um, some yeah. refs would, some refs wouldn't. But I was like, I wasn't. It, it never to me felt like, um, like they were getting a raw deal. You know what I mean? It's yeah. I, I I think that to your point, they that that I think that's on Valentine. You've got to adjust your um, adjust your play. Um, and and the second piece that I want to get into, um, I don't know if this decided the game. I don't know what decides. There's tons of things you can go back to deciding this game. Um, both teams have plenty of chances to win this game, but I think it was a very, and, and I know I don't like to, I don't like calling out coaches too much on here, but I'm going to call out Drew Valentine. I thought it was incredibly egregious to have Lucas Williamson sitting on the bench for the first half of overtime. I don't know. I have never seen a good coach do that in my life. If you're in overtime, I don't care if he's got four fouls or not. Play him till he ends. Who cares if it's in the first two and a half minutes or last two and a half minutes overtime? Play him till he fouls out. You want your best player on the floor. Championship on the line. I thought that was an – I couldn't believe it while it was happening. I don't know about you, but I was like, what is he doing? And I even – I sent something out on Twitter, and a Loyola fan commented on it. He was They were wondering who was going on. It was like, what is he doing right now? I mean, Loyola, you just – I mentioned in the recap, Loyola had a – uh, field goal in the first 30 seconds of overtime. Um, so with four minutes and 30 uh, seconds to go, Braden Norris hit a three. They yeah. didn't hit another field goal until there was 40 seconds left to go in the game, and that was by Lucas Williamson. Well, and, and that's the thing. Whenever Loyola, and this has happened this whole season, whenever Loyola needed a basket, it was always going to be him. I mean, you've had moments where, where Norris had a shot or Uguak had a shot, but for the most part, it was always going to be Lucas Williamson. And to me, the game on the line, you need your best player on the floor as much as you can possibly have. It's like, it's kind of like, like in a, like in a baseball manager, like you're not going to put your best player in the middle of the order. You're going to have him in the front of the order and have him get as many ABs as, as he can during the game. And I just thought it felt to me like he, it was an overthought, like you were overthinking yeah. things and you were, um, like play the it's like how you're doing offense defense and it was like way too soon you know how some coaches do the whole offense defense thing and subs it's like what are you doing yeah i'm with you i i was i i there's there's i've had questioned coaches throughout the year and you have too but that one just felt a little bit uneasy for me because it was like a championship game tight game like that you want to see the best players on the floor and you know you're in overtime I'm sorry that that was just, uh, but it, let's get off that. AJ Green, awesome performance. Noah Carter, awesome performance. Um, this Northern Iowa team deserves all the credit in the world. And that was Championship Saturday, and the field was set for Arch Madness once again. Congratulations to the Northern Iowa Panthers in their regular season championship. Baker, before we kind of move on here, I do want to talk through where we started the season versus where we ended real quick. And so what I did here is I just pulled up the preseason rankings and just compare them to where we are today. Um, So funny, the, um, you know, in the preseason, the top four were the top four, just different order. Um, So in the preseason, Drake was picked to win it. Loyola was second, Northern Iowa was third and Missouri state was fourth. And as we know, uh, where we ended the season, Northern Iowa one, Missouri State two, Drake three, and Loyola four. So um, same names, just different, uh, j- different jockeying order there. Yeah, and it's crazy. They also got Thursday right. 
I mean, I know. four for four on Thursday. Uh, the only thing that was different there was um, that you could, the other thing that was different, I guess, was Southern Illinois and Bradley just flipped. You had the yep. five, six right there for that. Um, no, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty incredible that we got here um, with four teams within one game of the title. Um, and it was the same four teams that we thought. And there, during the season, it was, there were different times where you could have easily given up on any of the four. You know what I mean? Like there was, there were moments during Loyola season or Northern Iowa season where you could have just completely gave up on that team and just said, Oh, they know they'll fall back. They'll fall back. And, and to credit all four um, with the pressure that they played under, they, they all found a way to, to, to get in the top four. And um, I think it's a credit to, uh, to all those players. Absolutely. And last segment here before we close out the show, I know you have a couple of thoughts on this too. Baker is, I did want to go through just some of the regular season stats um, okay. And then uh, let's, you know, w- this will come out uh, way before the uh, the teams are selected and we'll, we will recap that in the, the Arch Madness episode here. But I just want to kind of put you on the spot and have a conversation about player of the year just really quickly. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, let, let's do stats. So uh, Baker, I'm just gonna put you on the spot here. So I apologize for this um, scoring offense. Who do you think was the number one scoring offense in the Missouri Valley? Are you talking about team-wise? Team-wise. Sorry, yeah, team. This is not individual. Team. Uh, heavy Northern Iowa. It is Northern Iowa. That is correct. They uh, average um, two points more than Missouri State a game. Scoring defense. Who do you think the scoring defense leader was? I got two teams in my head, and, I'm, and I think I know who the top two are. Um, I'm going to say Loyola is the scoring defense. Who is your second one? Southern. Southern was number one. Loyola was number two. Okay, so I was right there. Um, There's a two-point differentiation between those two. Um, but on a scoring margin, so when you put the two together, uh, Loyola was the, uh, I don't know if you want to call it plus minus or how, whatever you want to call it. Um, they had an 8.5 margin. Uh, and that's when you combine your offense and your defense. And then Missouri State was second with a 6.1. So Loyola more than two points better um, in that scoring margin. Uh, category um, I'm just scrolling through these and I'm just going to point out a couple of the, the cool ones and if you have anything that you're curious on please shout it out to Baker but um, one that absolutely blew my mind um, and it's because I'm a uh, Southern Illinois fan uh, Southern Illinois led the league in three-point field goal percentage at 38 <laughs> percent Loyola was at 37 percent curious how many attempts that comes into so yeah um that's the big part of it uh, yeah. is the uh, denominator um 300 <laughs> 359 for southern 411 for loyola okay and i should mention this is conference only stat good good no and, um, and that's and i think that's what you need to go by especially when we um when i test you on these awards here in a second but um that's that is interesting that um uh efficient team shooting the three ball so yep. hopefully that uh that rolls them into arch madness Absolutely. And uh, yeah, um, on the individual side, and we're going to get into it really quick. So I'm going to shout these out really quickly. Uh, Lean scorer um, for points, um, averaging uh, points, uh, sorry, points per game average. Uh, AJ Green at 21 points, uh, 21.2. Isaiah Mosley was 20.9. Rebounding, leading rebounder in the Missouri Valley Conference was Rink Mast. He averaged 8.3 a game. Uh, field goal percentage, Ari Boya, uh, he had an 80% uh, field goal percentage. Um, <laughs> and then 
Terry Roberts uh, averaged 4.3 assists per game to lead the league. Um, one of my favorite ones uh, because uh, if we went back to the team, um, Southern was the worst free throw shooting team in the conference. Um, AJ Green was the best free throw shooter in the conference um, at a 94% shooting. And I bet you he shot the most. <laughs> if you if you looked yes, up, who it's shot not the even. Most. Cl- Baker, it's not even close. He shot 104 free throws. He has an conference. innate ability to find his way to the free throw line. And it was and just, he'll find fouls when they're not there. And it's not like, he, I'm not saying that he's getting gifts because he just, he finds a way to get to the line. And I think that's a, that's a testament to him as a good player. Yeah. I mean, so the next closest in the top 10 was at 84 okay. to AJ Green's 104. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I have a question for you. I don't know if you have it in front of you. And if you don't, I'm, I apologize. It's going to be bad podcasting, but um, did Lance Jones lead the league in steals? Absolutely. Uh, okay, that was going to be the next one. Um, oh, he had, he had 1.9 steals a game. Uh, oh, he didn't get one. two. I thought he was going to get two. He didn't get two. He had 33 on the year in 17 oh. games. Um, Garrett Sturts was next at 26 and 18 games. He averaged 1.4 and Terry Roberts also averaged 1.4 with 26 in Interesting. 18 games. Interesting. Yep. He, he was an awesome defender. Um, do you have any more stats to go through? Cause I want to put you on the, put you on the spot on some of these awards. Nope. I am good. Cool. All right, let's do this. Um, so player of the year. Um, I think that we need to do this one on three. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not who we think, cause we'll get into that in a second, but this is who is our player of the year. If we had a vote right now. So Vance's and Baker's. Vance and Baker's on three, one, two, three, Isaiah, Isaiah Mosley. Okay. We're both who, on the same page. Can we do uh, the ba- same thing, but who do we think is going to win? Okay. Who's going to win one, two, three, AJ green. <laughs> okay. So we're on the same page with this. Um, I'll give you my thoughts and I'll let you go. Um, to me, it's a. Um, scoring wise, you just mentioned it. Uh, they're within three tenths of each other. I think it was two tenths of each other, whatever it was. Um, so scoring is basically a wash to me. I, I lean a little bit on Isaiah Mosley just because I think that he's a, he's a really good on ball defender. And I thought that he, um, when it comes defensively, I think that that's the difference for me between the two players and the season that they had. Um, and this is not a slight at AJ green. I think he is the clear number two right now. Uh, but for me, I, I think that that's got to matter at some mm-hmm. point. Um, and as good of an offensive player as AJ Green is, and he obviously scored the most points and led his team to a championship, which is awesome. But um, defensively, he's not as good as Isaiah Mosley, and it, it, there's a pretty clear difference between the two players. I agree with you, um, and I get the sentiment that you have to pick the best player, or it should be the best player on the best team, right? I get the sentiment. But I'm just going to put some stats behind your uh, your statement there. So, yes, I, it's a wash with scoring. Um, Isaiah Mosley actually had more points this season at 377 versus A.J. Green's 360. But when you average it out, yeah, it's a wash mm-hmm. at 21. When you're rounding, Isaiah Mosley, uh, from a rebounding perspective, he was fourth in the league uh, with 7.3 a game, uh, 132 total. Um, A.J. Green was not in the top 15, uh, nor did we expect him to. But no. – um, uh, assists Isaiah Mosley is 10th in the league in assists. So, um, yeah, it helps when you have Gage Prim there. However, <laughs> um, I mean, there's just another category, you know, one of the main categories when you think through these things that he's yep. in the top, top 10, um, in the, in the, um, league. 
So I'm with you. I think some stats, um, you know, definitely back it up um, with that. And yeah, it will be AJ Green um, whenever yeah, it comes I agree. out on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it is. Yeah, I, I, that's awesome stats to, to back it up as well. Um, I, I'm not going to be mad if it's AJ Green. Oh I, no, I, mean, I think it's mad. I think it's yeah. two different. I, I think I don't think there's I don't think there's one clear cut right answer. I think it's a, you can look at it both two different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think the people who look at it a certain way, like we talked to Harry, um, that's going to be on our show on Tuesday. Um, you know, some people are going to look at it as, um, and he mentioned that some people are going to look at it as you want the best player on the best team, team one in the league. And that that's AJ Green. And other people are going to look at it as statistically, who was the best player, look at how they played and things like that. And that's Isaiah Mosley. Um, so I think you can go either way. Um, I think that Lucas Williamson at least deserves to be in this conversation just because of how great of a year he had. But um, I think that his argument had to go with him winning the team, winning the league. And I mm-hmm. think that takes him out of the argument for me at least. Um, but rapid fire here. Cause I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we're going to go through the awards on the arch madness preview. But um, my, uh, I guess I want to just get your thoughts. Um, I'm going to give you who I have, who I think should win the award. Um, agree or disagree, just throw out a name if you think I, if, if you think I'm off on any of these. Um, so player of the year, we obviously agree with Isaiah Mosley. Um, sixth man of the year, I have Tank Hemphill for a um, lot of ways you can go on this one. Uh, he's my pick for sixth man of the year. Where are you at, Vance? I like that one. Okay. Uh, defensive player of the year, I think is Lucas Williamson's award. And I, this is an award you almost could name after him. Your thoughts? Yep, absolutely. I think Lance Jones in a, in a different year with the amount of steals and he had would be at least in discussion as well as Terry's Roberts, but um, Terry Roberts though, would be my newcomer of the year. Your thoughts on that one? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, this is going to be fun because we're just going to keep agreeing <laughs> freshman of the year. I don't even think we need to talk about that's Tucker DeVries. Tucker DeVries. It's already been etched on it. Yeah. We we've been clear on that one. Uh, most improved player of the year. A lot of different ways. I think you can go on this one. I have Antonio Reeves. Maybe it's a Homer call. I don't know. I think that, you can look at his the difference in player that he was last year to this year. Uh, who are you having most improved? I like Sturts. Okay, Sturts and and Sturts you can definitely make a good case for. He's uh, he's someone that uh, made more of an impact statistically this year because um, it felt like he kind of had to, and he kept that team afloat when they needed to. So um, I like the shout out to Sturts there, and then finally, Coach of the Year. Um, I've said it earlier. I think it's Ben Jacobson's award. Um, and I think winning the league in the fashion that they did, I think that's says it all your thoughts around coach of the year. It's Ben Jacobson. I just don't know how else you slice and dice it. Yeah. The, I, I think we're, we're too much in agreements here, except for most improved. All right. So quickly, because well, we talk about it all, all the time. We do so we talk about like, all the we time. consensus all the time. <laughs> we do consensus all the time. This is something I don't know if we're going to be con- consensus for, um, I have in front of me, uh, I, I've sent this to you already, so you have it in front of you as well. Um, my first and second teams, I have Mosley, Green, Williamson, Prim, and Mast on my first team. And then Carter, Roberts, DeVries, Sturts, and Damask as my second team. Vance, is there anyone that I don't have on my first two teams that you would make a case for? I think I can make a case for Reeves just because of what he meant to Illinois State and his scoring prowess uh, for them. But don't ask me to kick someone off. I know that's that's the hard part. It was really like <laughs> I I had a hard time trying to kick somebody off and 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 to truth be told I have Reeves, Nice, Jones, Norris and Cricky and I couldn't find a place for Shamar Givens and that stinks cuz he was I mean as as bad as things were for Evansville this year 
um, he deserves to be on one of the first three teams, but it's just, I think it's just that good. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to look up Cricky's stats. That's the only one that I can see drop off there is potentially Cricky. Yeah, but they are very good. It's, it's <laughs> so, he's just like one of those. Don't dig just, into Cricky because it's not, the guy you yeah. forget about. It's the guy you forget about. That's and, and and I think a lot of people would be in the same shoes you are. It's a guy that like you watch, you know he's good, but you yeah. wonder is like how good statistically is he? And then you look him up and like, oh crap, um, he's really really good. And you can make a case for him on second team for this season. Yeah, because I mean, there's there's at times where I just don't watch games because you're watching them, but I'm like, well, well, I don't think I've seen him in the leading category in a lot of things in a game, and you know, so if I just get in kind of that box score, you know, the the top player in the box score, I'm like, well, he's not, he hasn't been there in a couple of games, and then I'm like, oh, he's just consistently solid. Yeah. He's not putting up just stupid numbers game in and game out. Yeah, I think there's, I think Shamar Givens is the one that I think has a has a case to be made to be on one of the three teams, and um, if he does knock off one of those third or second teamers, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, to me, after, I, I mean, honestly, after Carter Roberts, DeVries, and then our first team, um, you can make a case for a lot of guys. It's, I mean, Sturts is really good. Damask Reeves. I mean, there's guys you can make a case for either way on some of these teams. I think there's a pretty fluid situation, and and I think the voting will re- reflect that as well. Um, but I, it will be interesting to kind of see who the media picks and compared to what we have. And that will come out later this week as we prep for Arch Madness. Baker, before we close out this show, um, one thing I do want to mention, just kind of in the news roundup here, is. Uh, Dick Versace passed away, um, former Bradley coach. Uh, just want to give him a shout out of what he meant uh, to the Bradley Braves. Um, but, you know, just um, rest in peace, Dick Versace. Yeah, sad news uh, out of Bradley there. Uh, thoughts with his family. Um, but, yeah, you. Uh, this has been an awesome episode. We kind of want to give you a quick abbreviated episode just to um, get you guys ready for our next one coming up here. Uh, we'll, we will be we'll doing call it a- the – We'll call it the wet the whistle episode. Yeah, wet the whistle, the the calm before the storm, whatever you have, um, whatever fun terminology you want to use. But um, you know, obviously, our next episode we have a we're gonna have a jam packed, huge episode, long one uh, for your trip to Arch Madness. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I think we're gonna try to drop that either uh, hopefully Tuesday, um, Tuesday night will be hopefully when that comes out. But be on the lookout for that. A lot of fun interviews we're gonna have. And, uh, you know, we'll talk all things Arch Madness and get you guys ready for the tournament. But, yeah, uh, fun to get through the end of the season. Congratulations to the Northern Iowa Panthers on uh, winning the championship uh, this year, the regular season outright. Uh, but, yes, you can find us on Twitter at March Arch Pod, at March Arch Baker, MarchTheArchPodcast.com. March Arch Mailbag is where you can send us your thoughts on uh, first, second team. Love to hear what you guys think, where you guys uh, where you guys think compared to what uh, what we rattled off here tonight, if, uh, if you have any issues uh, – with uh, what players we chose for the different awards. So uh, look forward to hearing from you and uh, Vance until the next time when we uh, preview Arch Madness. I'll say go Valley. Start talking about the Valley.